Hey, it's Coach Kate here, registered dietitian and owner of RD Kate Sports Nutrition. As a member of the LCC Stars Athletic Department, I teach our athletes what to eat and when to eat it on training days, competition days, and throughout the year. For over a decade, I've been helping athletes of all sports and levels meet their goals. RD Kate Sports Nutrition offers individual consulting, team services, on demand courses, and downloadable handouts. For more information, visit rdkate.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to Coach Cuts Corner. Streaming bright from Michigan's capital city, this podcast is dedicated to helping you better understand the who, the what, and the why of mental performance, personal growth, and Lansing Stars baseball. Coach Cuts Corner, brought to you by iWash. And now here's your host, Stephen Cutter. Welcome back to Coach Cuts Corner. I'm Coach Cutter, and today I'm joined in studio with Coach Modaf and our new hitting coach, all the way from his most recent job in Arizona with Driveline. How we doing today, Elijah Boyer? I'm doing pretty good. That was a that was a nice intro right there. Coach Mo, how we doing today? Terrific. Thanks for joining me in studio today, fellas. We're going to cover Elijah's journey here, some hitting philosophies of the stars, backside ground balls, the development of hitters, and games starting for the stars in a matter of days. So we'll jump right in. Elijah, you made a long track from Arizona to Michigan earlier, about what, a week, two weeks ago now? Yeah, just about. So happy to have you on board. Appreciate it. Tell our listeners, what was the draw to Lansing? Well... We, uh, at driveline, we see a whole bunch of hitters come through the door and there was a particular group of hitters all from Lansing community college that came through. And I just, I basically just could feel that the culture at this school was above and beyond. And as I'm learning now, uncommon. So I, uh, I was really interested to see what was going on here and I thought I could learn a lot and bring a lot to the table as well so it started by the way the players held themselves the minute they walked through the door right and then you just kind of reached out and mm-hmm. went from there and yeah how far of a how far of a drive was it and it was quite an eventful drive for you was it not oh yeah it was it was a it was an exciting one 30 hours over uh four days stopped to see some family and friends though so nice. Nice. Yeah, broke it up pretty nice. And you had an incident at a Chili's. Yeah, not a not a lot of fun. Just there. bad food, or <laughs> I don't know, just a lot of energy drinks, not eating well on the road, and then uh, passed out. All right. Well, like I said, we're we're happy to have you here. We're going to talk a, quite a bit about hitting today. Dive into you know not only what you think is important, but what we in general think is important. Not only with you know youth high school college kids and you know you you brought up driveline we kind of started that with you know we had two guys start that hunter lay and blake mccray started that process and they went to driveline in seattle during the winter correct it was during the winter mall or no, was no, it, that was the so summer. summer. That was the summer. Yep. Yep. And they went to driveline in the summer. What'd you really think of that one? Once they went out there, I thought it was uh, cool. I think it was something we'd always talked about. Of, is that something that's feasible? Yeah. And especially coming from kind of a background in 
collegiate summer baseball looking around and seeing how that's done and there are some places that do it really well with development and games but a, a lot of them have some blind spots and and we were able to see that and and see maybe this maybe playing 50 games right after another 60 after a 60 game season isn't the best way for someone to keep getting better and pushing the needle and you know driveline was uh just something that always lined up and met with our kind of thought processes on things and we learned a lot from them and it was awesome to have two of our two of our better players head out there for a summer right and that started the process and Big time. and yet here we are today with coach boyer being here mm-hmm. so big hitter question coming is there a difference between the softball swing and the baseball swing coach boyer not not really okay why why is that well everything in the swing basically works the same way they just need to stay a little flatter if they're facing an opponent that has a rise ball which in most cases is not the case right uh hitting the ball in the air and doing doing damage is is going to play in both softball and baseball right yeah kind of common sense but man if you look on the internet that was fought for a long time I'm, i'm not sure how much it's fought anymore but there was a lot of going back and forth about a softball comes in at a at a different angle than what a baseball does and and if you look at the science behind that you know do you, what angle does a baseball come into fastballs usually come in negative six negative seven degrees right. yeah so there's there's not a ton of differences the the outlier is the rise ball yeah and not to get into a softball thing but the at, at least at the college level the rise ball is thrown for a, a ball but like 70 some percent of the time so just don't swing at it you know mm-hmm. anyway um what's what are some kpis that when you you know when you were at driveline we're going to kind of backtrack a little bit and and talk about the prior to driveline but what are some kpis that you know you were looking for as you've got a whole lot of people that you're working with some some remote some on the floor you know it's, it's all over the place what's that like and how do you differentiate yourself and what driveline's doing versus maybe johnny's facility and and holt yeah there was a lot in my mind about hitting um a lot of questions a lot of wondering what made someone good and um one of the easiest ways i was able to go about helping hitters was to break it into there's three things that makes a good hitter um you could look at it bat speed bat to ball skills and then swing decisions so bat speed you could almost kind of think of it like power if you want to think of it in simplistic terms bat speed is the first one most important in my opinion and with what data shows But uh, the bat-to-ball skills are more like your contact hitters, guys who, you know, get on base all the time, don't strike out a lot, stuff like that. And then swing decisions also kind of applies to, you know, just both. But if you have really bad in one of those three and really good in another, then it's easy to see what to work on for the hitter. Like um, guy walks through the door and he can put the bat on the ball all the time and you know, maybe he's just getting singles, getting lucky, running into some, and getting doubles. It's pretty easy to see that that guy's going to benefit a lot from just gaining bat speed. But what and, if you don't have like the technology that we have and some of the bigger programs have? But what if you don't have that technology and you how do you how do you know if your bat speed's good? 
Can you see the exit velocity? I don't know. If I, you know? what can I see? Right. I, yeah. No, that's a that's a great question. It's for the people out there that don't have all the things available to them. It it come, becomes a little challenging. Coach Mo, what do you think would be the lowest hanging fruit for you to see bat speed? Bat speed's tough without like a without a uh, a blast sensor. I think we've but, got the but, ra- but how much does that cost? I mean, it's only a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So that that seems like pretty low hanging fruit Big if time. you were yeah. interested in that. Oh so. yeah, and you could have the whole team use one sensor. <clears throat> sure. It wouldn't be ideal, but a hundred dollars, and you could you could see your whole team's bat speed. Right. But then understanding that, you know, your bat speed might not be where it should be, then it's it's that whole knowledge of how do you improve it, mm-hmm. and can can you improve? Do you, Coach Mo, you think you can improve bat speed by doing it once a week? No. Coach Boyer, it'd move a lot slower. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it'd be closer to no, but yeah, it'd, it'd yeah, move slower. It'd, it'd take a long time, so there'd yeah. be a cost at that for sure. You know, we all played junior college ball, and we've talked about Coach Mo's a little bit. And you know, Elijah, what what was your story from high school to college? Yeah, um, starting it off in in high school, um, no one in my family had played baseball really. Okay. Not even really, no, like literally nobody played baseball. Okay. <laughs> nobody, uh, we didn't have a batting cage in the backyard or nothing. Um, I just, ever since a young age, it's funny, I actually, in middle school, I didn't like baseball. Um, <laughs> that's when I first started playing, it was in middle school. Um, Is that because you weren't very good? That was a little funny story behind it. When, okay. when I was on T-ball, I... I forgot my hat and I took a teammate's. I was just a young kid. I I don't know. Yeah. Took a teammate's and then the coach yelled at me. My mom got mad at the coach and then it was like baseball. We just kind of yeah. stayed away yeah. from it ever since that. But hopped back in in middle school and uh, was almost hitting 80 miles an hour. Had a really good arm. Okay. Mom says I would always throw things as a kid and she was always impressed by how hard I threw them. So had a good arm. Found out that I was like really good at that sport. And just started falling in love with it from that point on, basically. Mm-hmm. People but, gravitate towards things that they're good at. Mm-hmm. That's that's common. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then, you know, we moved to Kansas. Didn't know a lot of people there. We moved there because my mom was finishing up becoming a doctor. Okay. And um, Tornado Alley? or No, we were in Overland Park, Kansas. Okay. So there was actually a lot of good baseball. That's where uh, Riley Pine was from. I actually I got to face him in swinging miss three times okay. in high school. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, throughout, throughout high school, I, I did a few private lessons every once in a while. I, I really just had a, an old net that my coach, my travel team coach was going to throw away. And, uh, we put it in our basement and I, i got a used sofa off Facebook and I, I put it behind it so that I wouldn't tear down the garage door and uh, I couldn't even finish my swing because the 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 ceiling was so low. Gotcha. And so uh, I would just hit, you know, hundred balls off the tee every morning, and that that was my method of getting better in high school. And it didn't work too well because I was not good, <laughs> but I, I I worked pretty hard, so I ended up being all right for myself. Um, didn't really have direction in high school either. No one ever talked to me about the swing, or nor did I even know what 
any of these things are we're talking about right now. Um, so that's pretty much high school. Um, I was grateful to have a chance to go play junior college ball at Pratt Community College in Pratt, Kansas. And how, f- uh, how far away from home was that? That was about four hours. Okay. Yeah. So just just far enough to where we're so busy that I couldn't go home every weekend, but when I needed to, I could. Um, but yeah, at that at junior college, we did not have a lot available. Uh, there was like 500 kids at the college um, when I was there, and still limited uh limited resources to see the kind of things that we're talking about right now so a lot of it was trying not to strike out and trying to put the ball in play um things like that and so throughout junior college I'd I'd say I got a lot stronger in the weight room and I started to mature more as a hitter but still wasn't a ton of direction and then um I went to Arkansas Tech after that. So I spent three years total at junior college. Um, my first year there, I redshirted. Yep. Then I go to Arkansas Tech. And um, that was the first time that I had actually really went all in on an approach and how, how to swing. And it was very much so, you know, uh, hands across the chest, swing down at the ball type of swing. And... A lot of guys can think that and their swing be good. Mm-hmm. And there's there's nothing wrong with thinking that if it works. Right. Um, but it sure doesn't but, work for every guy. But that's not what what's happening. It's also, yeah, it's also right. not what's really happening most right. of the time. And so that was the approach I needed to be a guy who didn't really have a lot of power. Um, but not to belabor that whole thought. But there, that was that was my journey. I played three years at... Arkansas Tech loved every second there and um, we ended up winning a conference championship and having a lot of success my final year. Um, Does that year stand out because you won? Yeah yeah it does. So winning's important? Winning's very important. Yeah everything right? (laughs) Yeah at Juco I don't think we ever had a winning season. Did that matter at that point though? It felt like it didn't. Yeah, but it probably actually did. Yeah. But, but at the time, it probably didn't. What What was What was the journey after college? After college, um, I was became an electrical engineer, working at a nuclear power plant. So, okay. doing a little Just bit of that. Normal transition from <laughs> baseball. Yep. Yeah, that's. Uh, I always loved math and science, um, which is why driveline was so appealing for me to understand and um, really started getting curious about the swing and ran into a co-worker at the nuclear plant. Uh, his name was Rich Ellison and he said his son played baseball and that he he would die for the game and he was, he wanted me to hit with him and I was like, ah, oh, I don't really do lessons. <laughs> and he's like, you, you got to see this kid. He, he loves to play. <laughs> and from the moment I met Gabe to the the day I left Arkansas that that kid that kid put the passion in me for coaching and I realized that I could be pretty good at least I think I can be mm-hmm. and um anything's possible yeah <laughs> so you gotta be willing to work for it uh so that drove the interest and then I said you know what I'm gonna go for the best in the business best in the world and I tried to go and get an internship with Driveline and started heading to Arizona before I even had the job and 
I was just going to wheel it into existence. Basically, I was I actually told Connor Watson, the lead heading trainer in AZ, that if uh, I didn't get the job, I would just pay them and hit and pretend like I was coming back to play so I could learn because I just wanted to know what what really made a swing work. Right. Uh, luckily, I didn't have to do that. Got the internship, learned so much that I have never known. So I learned so much. And it was it was one of the best experiences I've had. And um, that is what got me here. Do you find it challenging to flip between the facility setting to the, the team setting? Because those are really two different worlds when mm-hmm. you're working with people. Has that been challenging at all for you? It's It's been a little challenging, but it's been a it's been a it's been a fast um, evolution, I guess you could say, because I, I love the team aspect. And that's why. I didn't want to stay on the private side. I love the team aspect. So it, it was a challenge, but I was able to adapt pretty quickly. We've got a lot of technology here. And, you know, what? how do you use something like K-Motion or K-Vest? How does that apply to what we're trying to do and in, in chasing excellence here with the stars? Basically... The kinematic sequence, for, for for those who don't know what that is, it's starting from the ground up with your, your pelvis, torso, lead arm, and then hand, which is basically the bat. And you're just trying to see how well a hitter generates speed up the chain. Uh, so K-Vest is a, is a way that we can see that. And um, it's one of those low-hanging fruits mm-hmm. that you could, you could see it immediately. If you got a guy who, you know, he hit 400 in high school – with no home runs or something like that. And then you can see that he's just rotating really slow. You want to try to get him moving faster in the box. And the way you go about that with every hitter is completely different, completely different. And not every hitter thinks the same. Um, And sometimes I don't even tell them what it is I'm trying to get them to do. I just tell them to do something that will achieve that because um, I don't like to talk to hitters in all these technical terms because most times it doesn't doesn't work well some guys it does but there's just a lot of feel when you use technology to not overcomplicate the game the game is still the game and technology can just make it better when you have someone who understands it and i feel like that's the way we use it here so i enjoy that right coach mo what was what was the two strike approach that you were taught say at the junior college level do you remember yeah mine was uh spread out as far as you can with your load okay so pretty much somebody that's vertically challenged they still wanted me (laughs) to get uh pretty much chalk line to chalk line uh stand on the chalk so your elbows are hanging over the plate choke up about an inch and a half and then just chop down at the ball and just bang it off the ground and run like heck that theory probably works pretty well at the youth levels when the fielding yeah. is a little suspect yeah. and moving that ball in play is, you know, probably helpful. Yeah. But as as the levels go up and the players get better, it's, you know. That, and, the, and the values of each hitter change where right. maybe somebody who is a 6'5 runner, sure, do that and then he can beat them out. But somebody who is, you know, a 7'5 seven, seven, runner and their values and putting it over the fence – if they get on first, I mean, how many hits or how many is it going to take yeah. to get them around? Yeah. yeah. Where's the value? And it's really, so. yeah. Excellent point. 
Do you remember, Elijah, Juco, two-strike approach that you were taught? I, I don't remember talking about it. That's beautiful because I don't think in general that it's talked about very much at the at the younger levels. I think the typically what's said is don't strike out. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think everyone understood yeah. striking out was bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But as far as having approaches, and then sometimes you see blanket approaches being taught, um, where the whole team needs to do certain things, and then you know we kind of were on the other side of that spectrum where we give them a lot of tools for two strike approaches, and then find what works really best for them. And we're not going to, we're going to be aware when we're striking out, you know, too much, but then we're going to continue to work on it and understand that, you know, some guys might strike out a little bit more, but they're also going to be hitting the ball over the fence occasionally. And, and I don't, I don't believe that that needs to be that, that parallel that just because you hit home runs, you, you need to strike out a lot because people have proven that you, you don't need to do that. But two strike approach is it's a pretty hot topic in the baseball community uh, when when people talk hitting, and you find a lot of it on social media, on Twitter, and different things. What's your take today after you know being in a facility and training hitters? What's your take on a two strike approach now? Oh, so much goes through my mind. Um, I love every hitter's process they have, and the great ones usually already have a two strike approach. Mm -hmm. And I think a little bit of it goes into what Mo said about the value of the hitter. And I also agree with you in the fact that that parallel is not always true to where if they hit home runs, it's okay to strike out. Um, I think the, the best thing I can say about two strike hitting is it is a mentality that you are not going to get me out. Like I, I am the best and I can handle whatever you have. And you really have to trust your swing. To to answer your question directly, I don't have one approach. Um, I've always thought if you're not on time for the fastball, it's going to be hard to catch up to it. So I'd sit fastball and I'd adjust other things and let guys run with that and see how that works. But for me... In two strikes, it's just so much about the mentality of just like you're you're in a junior college. You're not going to have a perfect strike zone. You're going to have to stick the bat out and foul off his best pitch. You have to f- keep fighting off their best pitch until you get yours. Right. That's, and also in that realm, there, there is that physical piece, the, the physical things you need to do. But there's also the psychological piece of it. And and when you start thinking that you strike out too much, you start following that pattern and that pattern starts repeating itself. And, and so that self-talk and that process that each player has when they're in the box that leads them to fight or flight is generated from them and in that process. And I mean, you guys have probably all been in those situations where you're getting in the box, you can call it a slump, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it just a bad day, but you're getting in the box and you're not feeling like success is coming. And pretty soon, you know, two pitches in you're down Oh two. And you're like, ah, here we go again. You know, and that that's that mindset and, and kids, whether they're youth, high school, college, 
pro guys that they struggle with that at times because it's not that they've you know especially the pro guys it's not that they've forgotten how to hit it's it's literally they've forgotten what success looks like and and they're struggling with that stuff well at the lower levels that's well that's one of the biggest things that i believe with with two strikes is just that mentality of fighting but we get a lot of i'm not necessarily saying at lansing but but i've seen a lot in the facility and at the at these levels where you get instead of the fight you get the flight and it's because the belief system's just not there you know maybe it's for that day or that week or against this certain pitcher or against this certain team or you know in mm-hmm. this certain weather i mean we i think about the things we've heard over the last couple years <laughs> at the junior college level yeah. of excuses of why can't do this right now you know and there it's it's incredible we're gonna wrap up i wanted to talk real quick we've we're in our fall season right now we got games coming up are you guys fired up to see the boys compete they've been competing against each other in what we call interest squads for at least a couple weeks now but we've got real games coming up or real scrimmages coming up where they'll be wearing uniforms and the other team will be wearing a different color so guys fired up about that oh yeah yeah it'll be it'll be fun it's always kind of a, a different experience i think with inner squads they're they're cool and they kind of scratch the itch a little bit but uh i think it's a whole new ball game and kind of see a different level when when somebody else is wearing a different jersey across from you oh yeah i'm really excited to see him go out there and play mm-hmm. i think uh i think we're gonna be good and i think we yeah, got a process we'll right. and we'll just keep trusting it we'll be all right trust the process thanks fellas Coach Cuts Corner is recorded live in the WLNZ studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Dedalian Lowry. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it and follow us on all the platforms of social media. You can find more about our program at lccstars.com. And donations to our baseball program can be made at the same site. See you next time. Coach.